Welcome back to Mac and Mike in the Morning. I'm Mike. I'm Mergen. Um, Mergen is guest hosting for Mac while he's on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be um, back on the show. Oh, welcome back, Mergen. Thank you. Um, before we get started today, um, this episode is brought to you by Vinod Venkatarman. Um, Vinod is actually sponsoring not only this podcast, but Mac and Christine's adventure across the country. They are driving in this Porsche across the country. Wow. He actually sponsored that? He, did he buy the Porsche? Uh, it's, I think it's his Porsche. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, we really appreciate um, the sponsorship. Yeah. Um, and continue listening. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Vinod. Vinka Daramani <laughs> for sponsoring. Um, so, uh, Mergen, I think uh, I heard on the street that you have something that you want to talk about today. You came prepared with the topic. Um, it's nice to be with a host <laughs> who actually comes prepared with the topic for once. Well, well, well. Uh, don't give me too much credit yet. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so the topic I want to talk is about intractable problems in our in our society in our generation and why they are intractable and what are ways to solve them um you know, intractable meaning that you know like for example like climate change uh, for example human rights or, uh, or uh, energy crisis or um Uh, 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 healthcare, uh, healthcare access to healthcare. Um, so these are quite intractable problems in my mind. And from an engineering background, and you know, it's so hard to think about these types of problems and how to solve it. Right. Um, so uh, by no means like I'm an expert. I haven't actually read anything much about it. But I think you and me can talk about you know why. You know, why is it so difficult? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you brought up a bunch of examples. Yeah. Um, it helps ground the, the discussion. Mm. Um, but uh, so, so why do you think that they um, are intractable? Mm. Um, like what, maybe we can first delve into what makes a problem intractable that yeah. is different from um, uh, problems that, we haven't faced before or just problems that we face in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it. There are a couple of ways, like intractable is a very, uh, like, uh, it, it's a, it's a word that's, we need to define what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of ways to classify it. The one is that, well, maybe we haven't actually found an engineer or like technology or scientific um, methodology to to solve it, right? So new energy sources or converting carbon to uh, back to oxygen, <laughs> um, uh, uh, energy efficient batteries. Uh, I think these are uh, just needs a, or like cancer treatment, right? Uh, these just need the technological or scientific breakthroughs. So, uh, without a like a silver bullet or breakthroughs, it's so hard to uh, solve it. So, this is one intractable one type of problem that I think is intractable. Well, so I'm gonna pick a yeah. specific example that you called out, which is climate change. Right. Let's say, um, um, do you think that 
the problem of climate change, though, um, let me just see. Let me put down the problem statement and yeah. see if that that actually fits what we're thinking about in terms of like um, the global temperature of the planet is increasing at a um, unhistoric, not a previously like a, a record-setting pace, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Um, you said uh, that there is no like technological problem or, or, or technological solution hmm. to solving this problem. Yeah. Um, it, it, is that what makes it intractable? Uh, it may be one uh, one condition to make it intractable. Another is that it's just the solution. The when we talk about climate change. Uh, it's a very grand problem, right? There are so many variables involved. Um, just predicting weather itself is a hard problem, right? So just uh, predicting uh, climate, how the climate is going, and how to actually engineer it as uh, uh, from beyond our human capabilities. Uh, and uh, so th- that's one thing. The mm-hmm. second thing is about uh, there are many uh, parties in, uh, with different incentives. Uh, different countries have different incentives. Uh, even within the same country, there are different interest groups mm-hmm. with different incentives. So uh, that makes it uh, quite difficult to come into the consensus. And most likely, it's hard because there is no single solution that can actually solve all these uh, all these problems. It may require, you know, incremental multiple small steps. Mm-hmm. Um, it may require maybe not engineering solution. It may require a public policy solution. So, yeah. um, before we delve into um, solution solutions, let's say yeah. solutions to intractable problems. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that you mentioned when um, we were talking about potential podcast topics for this week mm. um, and exploring this topic was that. Uh, these type of problems seem to be m- more coming up in our generate our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say that with air quotes. Um, so I was wondering if you think that this is is this are these problems truly um, different than those of, of previous generations? Do you think? Mm. Um. <clears throat> Uh, I, I think so. I think so. Um, so one particular example I can come up with is that, you know, we sometimes, you know, I look into like these investment books, right? Oh, well, how should I invest my money into it? And then, you know, more or less everyone agrees that, oh, you can never beat the market. So just invest in S&P 500, uh, just a broad market. And the reason is that historically in the past hundred years, you know, it just uh, the economy has been growing, growing, growing. And if you just put into your money in the next hundred years, it's going to grow, uh, extrapolate, right? Um, but <clears throat> uh, that may not be the case anymore because uh, the assumption has been that the assumptions has been that the resources were unlimited, <laughs> uh, and if the earth resources are unlimited, then you can actually keep producing, 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 and people can consume, consume. And as a result, you know, that could be a driving factor for economy. But if, if the, now the equation, the uh, assumptions and the equations have changed, 
Uh, now we are seeing that the earth is actually depleting, the natural resource has been depleting, and as a result, uh, uh, you have uh, seen uh, consequences uh, even in a higher rate than, uh, than previous generations. Um, like, in the, uh, for instance, the temperature growing faster than ever before. Just the rate it itself is, is growing. Um, so I would say so. I would say that it's, uh, it's intractable because of the, just the rate of change compared to previous generations. Do you think that, when I was thinking about this topic, do you think that um, the connectedness like, of the world now, hmm. uh, you mentioned earlier that it's harder to, uh, paraphrasing what you're saying, no. um, but gain consensus. There's so many interested parties. There's so many, in the example of climate change, right? Mm. It's a it's a world scale problem and there's mm. so many countries. Mm. And, and even if, say, like the U.S. dramatically decreased, say, carbon emissions, right? You still have <coughs> other large countries like China, India, mm. and developing countries um, with huge carbon emissions. Yeah. And more and more of the world is quote-unquote, coming online, yeah, right? Yeah. And either developing, there are more people coming online, it's much easier to have your your voice, your concerns, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, arguably, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so is this sort of connectedness, is this sort of um, making it harder to bre- reach broader consensus mm-hmm. um, because uh, just there are many more voices yeah. in the world, right? I, I see. Um, yeah, 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 in a sense that, uh, that could be the case, um, Where but, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. we can think of in two different ways. One is that if there are more and more people coming out of poverty and then it's just, uh, if you, like 1 billion people come out of pover- poverty and as a result, they will actually, their carbon footprint will be actually quite high compared mm-hmm. to previous, uh, compared to previously. So... So th- that is a, a factor. Um, the connectedness is interesting because um, so I, I think there are two sides of the story. Uh, once people are connected, like if, if people, like famous people, uh, start using their platform more effectively, right? Like for instance, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, produced, a, like, uh, directed the film about climate change, and he is actually using his voice to actually reach uh, people, um, or just you know regular people like me and you talking about this uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> on this podcast uh, has uh, is uh, ha- we like as just regular citizens can have potential to like impact uh, other people's opinion. Uh, not that we are <laughs> right now doing it, but. You know, you know the point. You know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, the, the hard to reach the consensus is, is, is probably making th- that's the case. But um, I think it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess voice, it, yeah. it it sort of um, if you think about, I'll take a, like American politics as yeah. an example, right? Mm. In terms of. Um, if you think about when the uh, Declaration of Independence was signed, right, mm. it's, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, I think, like, hundreds, right, of yeah. sort of wealthy white men um, who 
have similar interests, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the people who have table stakes, right? They're at the table. They're mm-hmm. trying to agree to, um, but you know, a, a sort of agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even even that, you know, it took um, some time to reach consensus among uh, among those people to, mm-hmm. um, I guess, later on ratify the constitution. Um, but now, you know, um, mm-hmm. you, you look even in the U.S., like 200 years later, right? Yeah. You have so many more people at the table, yeah. um, it, which, you know, is a good thing for the people who are represented, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of now more people have a voice, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, they also may have competing interests in, um, it, say, direction of the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, they want to protect, obviously, their interests. Um, and so... Uh, maybe it's harder, right, to say, yeah, it's good that people have a voice to yeah. to, to say, like, hey, these are what I want. Mm. Um, but then again, as with anything, like, you know, it's harder to reach a consensus yeah, yeah. for action, right? Yeah. Call to action, right? It's a lot easier for, say, mm. like me and you to to agree on something and yeah. then go do something. And yeah. if you bring in, like, 10 other people, yeah. it's a lot harder to. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe that's why we're we're... we're it's seemingly like mm-hmm. we're, we're pr- approaching more and more what we call intractable problems mm-hmm. because it's hard to satisfy everybody who yeah. is at the table. So here's uh, how, in order to solve you know, what you just said, mm-hmm. here's how I think we can actually approach this. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, I think that one of the most important thing in my mind uh, when you're trying to change or like have an effect in the society is the, you know, it's such a cliche, but you, know, you have to reach people's... Uh, heart <laughs> right uh, like people has people have to believe in what you are trying to do believe in like they actually understand um you know why this is an important problem right even compared to 10 years ago like people are increasingly talking about climate change because of uh, because of um they believe in it and because of you know there is a they were affected by like the media by uh, other sorts of uh, uh, outlets. So yeah, first and foremost, you have to be uh, connected with, uh, with people. Sorry. Um, the second is, um, I, th- I think it's fine if you have like the different uh, interest groups, but um, the interesting thing you can do within this connected society is that you can uh, cluster together. Like you know, if maybe it's like all different interest groups, and then you can cluster everyone together and implement a solution. And, um, hey, we, you know, you can, you see it sometimes on Facebook or like there's this, some city in Japan that's trying to reduce their carbon footprint without like, in terms of recycle. Uh, there's Sweden who is also trying to uh, reach some sort of um, uh, net, uh, uh, net neutral in terms mm-hmm. of carbon footprint, right? Uh, so, uh, if, if you reach into this kind of uh, consensus among local communities, and then, I mean, it's it's fine if they had implement different solutions, but you can once you establish, hey, you know, we uh, once you demonstrate a prototype, you know, these kind of things are working together. Then you can actually start affecting other uh, other communities. Uh, hey, you know we have a use case study here. This is what we did, and then like things, uh, people can actually merge. These communities can start merging, and then have more grassroots program. 
Um, well, you know, I think this these kind of things happened for uh, for. Um, I was talking with my coworker. Uh, um, he was talking about uh, tobacco in the nineteen. 60s and 70s in, in the uh, in the U.S. about prohibiting, like having more regulations around tobacco, uh, like just smoking inside mm-hmm. inside the bar inside the restaurant in Hawaii. It was so difficult to actually pass this law, in a federal level. But they start with the city, they start with uh, state level, and then you know, they were able to actually prove and uh, do. Uh, think tanks were able to do studies on, on like the effectiveness of this, and then start um, becoming a more federal level uh, policy. So, uh, yeah. Well, Uh, on that point, I was uh, thinking even when we were talking about intractable problems, Mm. um, is what makes these problems intractable the fact that you, when you were talking about all these uh, groups, say like local groups, Mm. um, uh, the fact that when they make these, I'm going to call them local optimizations yeah. to solve these problems, you, you mm. know. Um, do, uh, when you sum up these local optimizations, right, mm. um, uh, do they not you know, add up to a, a optimal, so not, not necessarily optimal solution, but make progress towards the optimal solution, right, in terms mm-hmm. of, say, um, uh, uh, I think that's where we're going towards in terms of saying like, okay, problems are actually intractable or very difficult to solve mm. when these interest groups have um, incentives t- to act one way and that way is not to the benefit of the global um, optimization of solving this problem, mm-hmm. right? So when I think about this, it's like, okay, well, um, it, it's not optimal for one country to say, I'm going to reduce my carbon footprint, but going to cost, you know, 1% more of like economic GDP growth Mm -hmm. because I'm doing this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, you know, because of that, it just displaces the carbon footprint, say, to like a more inefficient area of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like a net global um, uh, negative, right? Mm -hmm. But a a positive in for that one country, right? And so... Um, are these problems actually something where you need um, sort of a, 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 a global optimization as opposed to, you know, maybe in the past, right, mm-hmm. um, local optimizations altogether across the board would improve, um, yeah. solve the problem. It wouldn't be like sort of globally optimal, but mm-hmm. you'd at least make progress, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of this um, grid, like sort of gridlock between local interests trying to, you know, it's harder to see the, the full picture. It's like the prisoner's dilemma, yeah, right, yeah, in terms yeah. of game theory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where if one country acted, like, in one way, right, they end up losing because, you know, then it's it, it's not an, a, a Nash equilibrium for, for, yeah, them, yeah, for yeah. them to do so, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because... Um, to to elaborate more on that, uh, I, I don't have a solution for, for that, but just to elaborate more on that, uh, even if you are, like this is what economists uh, think, right? Even if you are, even if you, like, you know, recycle things at home, or if you actually go above and beyond to make sure that your carbon foot, like if you don't drive to work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you walk to work, uh, you know, you know that it's not going to, actually make a dent in, in, in the, the world, you're just hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. 
meaning that you're becoming more inefficient, you're losing, wasting time, and then you're left behind among your peers. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so another point is that, you know, uh, when you talked about this local optimization, local communities have the different, uh, there's no, the, the, the sad part is there's no, uh, Autonomy, or right? there's no central autonomy mm -hmm. who's like trying to control these. Right? The only thing I can think of is the UN, uh, who has this. All right, let's gather all these you know, countries together. Let's have a Paris ag agreement mm -hmm. on yeah. how to reduce this. Um, well, I think you brought up an interesting point, mm -hmm. which is um, I I knew someone in college who didn't eat um, meat yeah. because uh, it, meat and the sort of cows right yeah. are, are a huge uh factor in terms of the carbon footprint mm -hmm. um and so um it brings up an interesting question in terms of like individual choice and say um do you actually think you know r recycling is something that that is good for the environment or mm. and you know do you think it ultimately matters personal choice in the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things mm -hmm. right it it seems like a lot of things where you are making a personal choice, you know, yeah. so it's a little bit defeatist, right, in terms of saying, like, oh, you know, um, I, me personally making a choice of, like, say, cutting down the, the flights I take, right, yeah. or the, the amount of meat I eat, right, mm -hmm. is that actually going to make a, a huge dent in the grand scheme of things of this whole um, problem, intractable problem of yeah. climate change yeah, yeah. when you have all of these actors, right, in the world, yeah. um, like, how, how do I approach this problem mm. from a personal standpoint, where mm. it's something, you know, I think most people can get on board with and being like, yeah. yeah, I am against climate change because we know that, you know, we're fundamentally changing how the, the world is, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, nothing I can do individually can change that, and do you think that, well, I mean, do you think that that feeling, right, mm -hmm. as me as a person, an individual, in making my sole choices, right, mm -hmm. do you think that it what makes these problems seem intractable because, you know, your daily choice, your daily decisions, right, yeah, yeah. don't actually seem like they have any effect mm -hmm. on, on the problem? Yeah. So the one rule of thumb people should do, in my mind, is that like if you are doing something bad and ask yourself, you know, if everyone is doing it or the majority of the people is doing what I'm doing, is it going to be bad, right? Like if everyone is trying to drive or if everyone is trying to, um, I don't know, have shower uh, one hour every day, uh, what's the consequence? I think that's an interesting thought exercise. So uh, I actually have an example on... on on a, on a society like Japan, for instance, uh, it's a very collective, uh, collective society compared to the West. Uh, so in 2000, I forgot the Fukushima uh, power plant uh, during the earthquake and the Fukushima power plant shut down. There was a big uh, uh, crisis in a nuclear crisis. Uh, so the you know. Uh, in terms of radioactivity in the country. Uh, so what what people did is that since the since the effect was so that you in the delta between uh, you can actually see the like the crisis in your eyes, right? 
from one day to another you can see this crisis so much then people were um, panicking and what people uh, like the scientists and Japanese scientists basically gathered all together uh, through online and then say all right we're gonna make a grassroots program we are we'll we will uh, have like this kind of um, uh, distributed without an autonomy right distributed uh, scientific network where engineering scientists uh, where we put try to measure the radioactive uh, activity level across the country and then see uh, like if we are progressing what we should do so it's like a citizens uh, citizens uh, movement so that's what happened and the second thing that happened uh, in Japan was that it it, it always happens like whenever there's some sort of a earthquake people don't rush to like supermarket and hoard you know tons of uh, tons of water tons of food they actually am um, quite surprisingly uh, quite uh, collective in terms of like they won't take more than what they need they want to make sure that everyone has a share um, right uh, they mm -hmm. buy only the they make sure that the, the next person has enough food and supply from when they buy from the stores um, and then you know they make sure you know they basically have this uh, collective collectivism uh, mentality uh, on this. So uh, I think you know I think moving back to uh, moving back to the original point that I tried tried to make. You know you have to people has to like have to like really believe in 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 what they're trying to do. Right? They have to from their heart. <laughs> Like you have to like affect people's through through the heart, and in Japan's case, you know, it actually was so ingrained into their, into their culture, into their people's childhood, into into in, in uh, through their education system that you know, it's all about collectivism. Um, it's not individuals' incentive; it's more about the global, like the, at least the community's uh, <laughs> benefit. Uh, you know, if you look into any. And throughout history, like revolutions, uh, even if, if the good ones or the bad ones, right? People did not do it because they think, oh, you know, I have these are some incentives, you know, I'm going to do it because people actually are quite uh, uh, passionate about these kind of movements and then uh, went through it. At least the the followers, <laughs> maybe not the leaders. But <laughs> uh, hmm. I I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I, I, that's how people get convinced to do things, mm -hmm. right? Um, if they have the, the conviction yeah. to um, follow the leaders. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, um, so what, um, what do you think that uh, we need to do to change people's mind on, on these things then? Mm. So... Uh, um, people who has the platform, uh, you know, for instance, Mac and Mike in the morning, or um, our huge platform, uh, your huge platform, uh, or like the actors, or uh, 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 or the comedians, right, or uh, politicians, they have so much uh, um, power to, or YouTubers, right, mm -hmm. <laughs> they have so much power. To reach um, these people uh, or Instagram influencers, <laughs> so much power to reach and uh, these people reach like one million followers, two million followers, whatever. Um, I, I think it's their responsibility to make sure that you know 
their platform is used for something for the good. Uh, that at least you know if they're not, you know, they're not wasting people's time with with you know stupid things, you know, which which is fine. Like, but you know, at least at some point, you know, you have to make sure that you know, hey, hey, people, this is the cause that I'm in, I'm I believe in, and this is why. And make a can video, make a video about it, and and then, and uh, rally people, and really reach people's uh, heart by conviction. <laughs> so that's one thing uh, the celebrities or the people's platform need to do. The second thing is that uh, I think the this kind of citizens network, uh, like this kind of grassroots program, where you know, you, ha- you have an idea and then try to convince others and then. Uh, those people have an idea and that this kind of network effect um, the, the, the case about the Japanese scientists right for instance or um, what are some good examples of this kind of citizen network um, I think you have uh, I'm not sure I can think of any good or bad ones mm. <laughs> um, or good ones I guess yeah. I can only think of like um, I think there are a lot of <clears throat> um, people who, I, I mean, I guess in, in New York, when I see some of these are people who are calling for, um, like more bike paths, like mm-hmm. bike, bike networks, like sort of people like neighborhood communities, yeah. right. In terms yeah. of like, um, looking for change within their neighborhood or, mm. or, or local group, mm. um, uh, that, I, I see that more just mostly because I'm more plugged into to those networks mm-hmm. than um, others. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot more sort of environmental groups mm. um, just trying to, you know, encourage people to um, have this sort of sustainable behavior, you yeah. know, that you say. Um, and, I mean, I think, you know, New York State, you know, just passed a ban on plastic bags, mm-hmm. right? Um so, uh, uh, like, I think most of those uh, changes that have been enacted are from these um, groups that, that you're describing. Yeah. So th- that, I think people need to be encouraged or, or even, uh, yeah, required to be part of some community where they, uh, or the, if, if there's no such community in that local area, then at least start one uh, to begin with. So... Uh, uh, I think that at least those two uh, seems to be the ones that I can, th- the solution, a, so not the full solution, but, you know, at least a path to how to solve an intractable problem. Well, um, so what intractable problem uh, are you working on or would you like to work on uh, <laughs> currently? <laughs> what? We didn't talk about that. <laughs> well, I'm just asking, you know. Uh. Well, uh, I am. Uh, I am originally from Mongolia. Oh, really? Yes. I had no idea. I, I, from if you look at episode number seven, <laughs> I talk about where I came from. Um, A flashback. <laughs> so yeah, I was born and raised in Ulaanbaatar, uh, Ulaanbaatar, and the. Proper way. Um, um, you know, I've been a bit involved with an uh, in education sector for a bit about um, 
uh, more about uh, encouraging uh, young students to be more active in the um, in com programming and technology. Uh, Do you find that you can more effectively, or or, or you're more effective at uh, making change in Mongolia or here? Um, well, uh, probably in, back in Mongolia. Why do you think that is? Well, if you're talking about, let's say, if it's like a 3 million versus 3 million. Oh, um, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Continue. I mean, uh, if, if you are talking about Mongolia, is 3 million. Uh, oh. Yeah, the population is 3 million. And if I'm living in New York, like... Manhattan borough, mm -hmm. let's say, and a few yeah. million people. Uh, but since the there's all this like infrastructure ready and the, there's a bit more leverage in, in the U.S., mm -hmm. I, I think I can make probably more change in in Manhattan. Oh, really? You yeah. think so? That's yeah. not the answer I would have expected, actually. Mm -hmm. Because in you know, a lot of things, uh, the leverage uh, is very um, leverage I have there. Like, there's not many building blocks. That I can uh, leverage on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you don't think you could make a popular Mongolian podcast, <laughs> or, is, I, I, or is the podcast market in Mongolia pretty saturated? <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you mean. Um, I, I mean, I, I was mostly thinking in terms of um, like you. You were thinking about it in one way, and you're thinking like, oh, there's this infrastructure, say in Manhattan, yeah. to leverage this. And I'm like, well. You know, maybe there isn't as much in Mongolia, right? It's a less crowded mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. You can have more effect on change because mm. um, you're not sort of trying to elbow room for your platform, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh, I guess New York is <laughs> a bad example because there's so much competition of people's, you know, eyeballs. And, uh, well, I mean, I think, but I mean, you make a valid point, right? There's yeah. a, a larger system where yeah. you don't have to build things up from the ground up, yeah, right? Yeah. You can start Patreon yeah, being yeah. like, you know, listen to my podcast, yeah. Mondays with Morgan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even um, just, mm, for instance, like how many people are on the internet in oh, right. New York versus <laughs> versus Mongolia? It's a, there's a, some, in terms of percentage, it's mm -hmm. different. So uh, that's what they mean by the building blocks. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that makes complete sense, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I can see your argument uh, as well, so. No, I, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm. I'm curious. I, I don't have the experience, right? In terms of, I think you. You have. A, a, you're involved in um, a bunch of things in Mongolia, which is like super interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're always telling me about. You know, oh, my friend. You know, <laughs> has, has this. You know, sheep farm in Mongolia. <laughs> they're, they're a fashion brand. You know, um, yeah. uh, it, it seems like it. Uh, the. Uh, um, you know, it's a lot easier to get things going. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a little bit more, there's more infrastructure here, right? But it's also like more of a barrier. Yeah, yeah. More um, competition, more barrier, maybe more regulations here, mm -hmm. whereas there's like a greenfield. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's not me, it's all my friends. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to hear what you have in the works. It's, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I think the sea, I think that's, it's a pretty, uh, um, uh, just, you know, it's, ex exciting, uh, space, right? Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> so moving, going back, uh, it, it's, it's a very different, uh, 
mentality, right, compared to an engineering problem. You know, me and my, um, I am an engineer, mm -hmm. and Mike is also an engineer, and we come up with a problem, we, well, we identify a problem, we come up with a solution, and most of them it requires a more or less a straightforward solution. And it may require multiple parties, but um, a lot of it will be uh, either coding or, and then there are some interest groups, but you know, it's, it's not like uh, we are there, there's not much of an uphill battle. And I think it's mostly about the execution and then making sure you know, the details are right, correct, and you know, all the best engineering practices. Uh, I see from that perspective. Um, uh, but it, like, if you talk about these kind of grand problems, it's just a very different mindset. Uh, you know, uh, for instance, uh, yeah, for, for, for instance, uh, if you talk about inequality, right, like the, the, the income inequality that's been you know, widening, you know, is that a technology problem? Like, what are some solutions? But it's most likely a public policy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. but you don't think the same approaches to the problems could be uh, the same mm. um, in terms of you sort of... I, I think you're, you're, you're maybe making our engineering problems a little too clean cut, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of still interest groups in, in solving, like, a problem, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little bit, like, just building things together. They're sort of, I mean, I guess I see your point now, mm -hmm. actually. They're like, different realms, right, in terms yeah. of, like, um, uh, obviously, like, policy and, like, public policy, right? Mm. Um, there are certain, like, I would say, like, solutions, right, yeah. that you could do to achieve it, right? So, like, it, in order to solve income inequality, right, you mm. could just be like, well, I'm just going to go and take money from the rich and give it to the poor, and everybody has the same share, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing, you know, as you can solve, like, fair scheduling, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to give each thread the same amount of compute, right, right, right. compute resources, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right? Some threads might not be happy about it, yeah, you know, yeah. the threads that have the, the most compute resources <laughs> might not like it, but, right. you know, um, uh, but uh, it, it's how, how do you then, um, then run, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think um, society, right, with its constraints to, yeah. um, you know, achieve, I, I don't know, like, what are you optimizing for in the yeah. public policy space, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And even just the uh, just the basic things like you know in engineering we have data uh, like you can just look at the metrics and then more or less you have the data but mm -hmm. just collecting the data it itself is a hard problem number one mm -hmm. and there's just so much delay even if you change a certain variable or certain public policy the effect then the actual mm -hmm. symptoms or the the effect will take long long years. Uh, for you to realize. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think even within the human, like the, our lifetime, it becomes like if you wait for 10 years for yeah. certain of your results to... <laughs> well, I think a little <laughs> bit uh, yeah. what when I'm, I'm hearing from you is it's like the... Um, 
I call it like OCDness in the engineering mm-hmm. mind, but um, the idea in that everything that we do as engineers has to have some base level of certainty, right? Mm-hmm. Uncertainty doesn't sit well with us. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of with with public policy, right? It's not knowing that certainty, right? Or being able to sit with that uncertainty that um, whatever policy I set in place, mm. um, I might not know absolutely if this is best or if this mm. is optimal mm-hmm. or if this is even working, right? Mm. And so um, it'd be interesting to talk to people who actually have experience, right, with setting public policy or or creating it, right, in terms of like, um, what are these metrics that they are optimizing for, right? In terms mm-hmm. of like, okay, how do you make decisions, right, with mm-hmm. uncertain data or incomplete data? Yeah. Um, which you know, I think I, I think you're kind of uh, overstating how much certainty sometimes that we have with engineering decisions, even right. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of decisions we make that um, we may not have complete certainty over the decisions, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Okay, what? Um, decision framework do we have mm-hmm. to make decisions in an uncertain world mm-hmm. or without complete data, mm. um, which I think is actually a very difficult problem. And um, I don't know, I have a hard time struggling with making the, right these decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even in your sort of everyday life, right? Like, okay, mm. how do I... I'm in the city, I want to go somewhere, right? Yeah. I want to get there the fastest way possible, but mm. I don't have complete information on mm. where all the trains are, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'll be okay with getting there, say, like five minutes later, yeah, yeah. just because, like, okay, I don't have to be at the certain place, right? Mm-hmm. But if I have to be at, like, this place at this time, then I'll probably make a decision to leave buffer, leave earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um this is probably not the best example because <laughs> <laughs> there is some certainty. But, it, I mean, I think it's like, okay, well, how do you deal with uncertainty and how do you deal with the consequences of that, right, mm-hmm. in terms of maybe this is not the best decision. And I think that's actually what makes good decision makers is being able to rationalize to yourself yeah, yeah. how to make these decisions under uncertain uh, conditions. Yeah. yeah, there's this decision theory or decision strategy where people do, like, you know, you try to gather as much data as possible, uh, and then it may be incomplete, it may not be. You take the risk saying, oh, you know, these are the <coughs> information I have, and what is the best thing I can do based on this, right? And uh, for the uncertainties, you just do guess guesswork. Uh, yeah, I mean... I think or- from the, if you solely focus on the decision itself, I think that's the best decision. But you know, if you focus on the outcome, it may not be the best decision. So, Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I guess in, in some framing, right, it's you have to, there's like expected value, but also risk, right? In terms of like, okay, um, I like, can make a decision not based on certain information and mitigate, minimize risk, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, maybe I'm optimizing for, like, maximizing some value, so I will increase the risk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe I th- this is how I probably rationalize decisions in terms of, like, I will usually generally minimize, mm. um, like, risk, mm-hmm. right? In terms of, uh, and not, I mean, it, gets, it depends on the situation, right? In yeah, terms yeah. Of like, as opposed to, like, maximizing some mm-hmm. utility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, that's yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting framework um, to think about it. Uh, another, okay, mm-hmm. so I think we haven't touched something very important. Okay. Uh, money. 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 <clears throat> resources, okay. right? Like more or less resources. How much? Like, if you have money, uh, like hundred billion dollars. Okay. Uh, the Gates Foundation, right? You know, <laughs> he or well, they went ahead and then trying to eradicate malaria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. more or less they succeeded. Right. Uh, they're working on the... Um, there's a huge organizations with lots of resources uh, that they can, you know... And then now and billionaires are uh, are having their own <laughs> own NGOs or some of them are donating, right, to yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. other NGOs. Uh, and versus people without money, right? Like, okay, like me and you, mm-hmm. uh, who don't have hundred billion dollars. Like, okay. Um, but at the same time, or scientists, right? Scientists who get grants, uh, some grant from universities, some more uh, National Science Foundation, and try to do research, right? Uh, uh, There's also this uh, people who have money already have so much leverage on 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 these kind of stuff. So uh, I don't have a specific question, but I just want to put it out there uh, that just having a money or like resources is so important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Money is important. <laughs> so. Um, Morgan, what is appealing to you about having a platform then? <clears throat> well, uh, as I said, I think uh, having a platform, you can affect and have rally people. You have the opportunity. It's not uh, sufficient, but you, it's necessary. <laughs> uh, you can. You have the opportunity to rally people uh, to your cause that you think is important. What... Um, would you do what? What would you do with your platform? <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, I yeah. don't know. I really don't know right now. There are so many things one can work on. There are so many uh, intractable problems okay. uh, at this point. So I don't have. Since I don't have the uh, platform, um, uh, I don't know. If you were to start a podcast, what would you call it, and what would you talk <laughs> about? Um. I think among along this realm, like, uh, more about. Uh, I think it's a bit meta, but uh, more about, you know, how one can influence other people, other horde, like sets of people, and how you can have these kind of citizens uh, network. Uh, so I think I'll talk more about this. Uh, I'll probably invite people who has done these. Mm. Types of things, and then like, uh, how did you approach this? How did you grow this network? Or yeah, mm. I think it will be interesting to so that other people can learn about it. So yeah, I think so. I, I think, think it's a bit meta, but um, the, the, again, back to what I was trying to say. I think these are some of the tactics that uh, we can solve a bigger intractable problem. So. Yeah, I think um, you reminded me of of a podcast I listened to. I don't actually know. I forget which podcast it was. I was thinking maybe it was um, Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
or how I built this. It was about um, how they built the, uh, there's an NGO about providing clean water mm-hmm. um, to the world, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a sort of along those lines in terms of, like, there's this guy who went from nothing to building this NGO. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty interesting podcast. I don't remember the details of this at all. Mm-hmm. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it's along those lines where, um, you know, it, it's, it sounds pretty empowering, right? You hear... Uh, obviously this is a bit of a selection bias in terms of like when you hear these stories, right? You hear these people who literally just decide to wake up one day and start building this, like these networks that you're talking about, right? In terms of like, I see this problem and I'm actually going to go do something about it. I'm going to go, you know, build, build this organization that's dedicated solely to, you know, providing clean water to the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, these are, these are the success stories you hear. Right. But you don't hear about all the, all the stories and where all these people fail. Um, but it's still empowering. I think nonetheless to think that, okay, if you are, have a vision in mind and you have the skills Mm -hmm. and you get lucky and you know, these people, you can actually, build this 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 wide reaching um yeah. network and organization to uh affect change in in a difficult problem space yeah yeah uh, i i think uh, this is also when money becomes important like once you start uh rallying people and you have to pay people for their time and, and resources time and energy mm-hmm. right then people won't be be doing it for free like you have to at least minimum pay like if people are working for you full-time you have to minimum pay you know so that they can sustain uh, like a normal normal mm-hmm. life uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so th- th- at least right so th- that is when the uh, money becomes important and how people i think it will be really interesting to see like how people raise money uh w- you know how they approach mm-hmm. uh was it like just uh, fundraising among 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 like Patreon type of thing, or was it like a big donor that they they had to network? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's. Um, I mean, things just don't aren't free, right? Yeah, if yeah. you need to go, say, deliver um, mosquito nets, right, like yeah. across the country, across the world, right? Yeah. That that's obviously going to cost money, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, maybe you can start the podcast that's like how to build a, I don't know, NGO network or yeah. how to build a grassroots network, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that'd be a pretty interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you can build your own and document that. <laughs> yeah, uh, sounds good. <laughs> so we like to end each episode mm-hmm. with uh, talking about one new thing that we did this week. Okay, uh, well, how, well, why don't you start? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, one new thing I did this week. I, you know, we ask this every week and I should be more prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I read this book called Educated, yeah. um, which was really good. I read it in the weekend. Wow. Um, it it was a pretty um, straightforward read. It was really interesting. It kept me you know, engaged the entire time. Mm. Um, but it's um, about this. Uh, it's a memoir yeah. about this woman who 
grew up uh-huh, and um, wasn't educated in sort of like the, the modern world. Um, and it's about how um, she, uh, I don't want to say escaped, but uh, sort of mm-hmm. left that world and, mm-hmm. and learned um, uh, to empower herself and get educated. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really, really good book. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best books I've read uh, in years. So hi- highly, wow. re- highly, wow. highly recommended. Wow. Um, I think uh, made many, many lists for best book of 2018. Um, I think Barack Obama also said it, it, it was one of the books he's read in 2018. So um, r- really recommend that our, our listeners go and uh, all read right, it. All right. If you're interested, in it, click to the Amazon link. Yeah, I'll put the Amazon <laughs> link in the show notes. There we go. And with the reference to you. Do you get the, is there a, such a scheme to get commission on uh, on sales? Do I get commission on scale? Or is there a such scheme? To yeah, get yeah, there is. Uh, the Amazon... Um, uh, what's it called? Merchant. Uh, they have Amazon is a program where you just like put embed like something in the URL. Uh, and you get. Um, so on Friday, I uh, I had a Skype session with uh, some middle school students in uh, Mongolia, back back home, and uh, I talked about um, yeah computer science how I. I started start studying computer science, uh, basically my my story. Um, so, mm, <clears throat> um, yeah, it was it was good. Like through online, you know, what I do at work, what uh, they should be, they could be focusing on mm-hmm. uh, right now. Why is it important? Uh, why uh, technology is like even like the growth is even going fast, like hyper growth. There's right. thing right now. So, uh, I talked a bit about that. So, mm. well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're growing your grassroots network. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. We'd like to, again, once again, to thank our sponsor, Vinod Venkatarman, uh, for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks, Vinod. I'm sure Mac and Christine are enjoying the ride in your Porsche across the country. Mm. Um, I hope they're listening uh, when I release this episode. I think they should still be on their trip next week. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. so... Um, Best of luck to you guys. Enjoy the notes Porsche. And Rolexes. And Rolexes, right. They're wearing all of his Rolexes. <laughs> all of their all of their sleeves. Yeah. All, right. all right. Thank you, Mike, for the for the invite. Oh yeah. And also thank you, Mergen, for coming on. <laughs> for almost forgot. Thanks, Mergen, for coming on. Um Stay tuned. I think he is going to release a new podcast about <laughs> his he's host, gonna host a new podcast. <laughs> so you heard it here. Breaking news. Murgit's coming out with a podcast. We're we're really excited for this. Um, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.